It's early on a Sunday morning, so you know what that means. Once again, and I do mean once again, for the first time in a long time, Grinders, it is our time. This is the Sunday Morning Grind Podcast. Josh Taylor, Greg Finley, episode number 35, and it only felt fair, considering the fact that episode 34 was the Tim Lester episode. And given what we're about to talk about in this show, Greg, it only makes sense that we made number 35 the name of the episode that you have given it, which I thought was stellar, and that was... Well, when we talked 35, the first name that came to mind was Dan Kreider. Dan Kreider. This is the Dan Kreider episode. I have a great Dan Kreider story. I was telling Greg about this off air. My favorite thing about Dan Kreider was the day that they talked to Bill Cower about activating Dan Kreider from the practice squad. Someone asked Bill Cower, what do you like about this Kreider guy? And Bill Cower completely straight faced, like hardly even blinked. All he said was he likes to hit people. That's all he said. That's all you need for a fullback. That's that's all Bill Cower needed for a fullback was a guy who liked to hit people. And that's what he said about Dan Kreider. And that was his answer. It was one sentence. He likes to hit people. That's great. <laughs> After that, I was like, I'm a Dan Kreider fan. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, the Dan Kreider episode of the Sunday Morning Grind. Josh, and we're back. We're back. Yes. <laughs> and we have a lot of football to talk about because the last time we were here, we were previewing the playoffs and then things got crazy. I ended up working a ton. Then you got COVID and then I got COVID. And now we're both off the COVID reserve list, which is great. Uh, the holidays are over. The holidays are over. It is now 2022, and since we since we last since we last convened, Greg, we had holidays. We both had COVID. I've had shingles. What the hell? It. 2021 I, was like. Do you think I'm coming out quietly? I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and 2022 was like, and I'm coming in right behind you. So it was just. They both just came in firing. It, it was absolutely insane. But here we are. So we got the antibodies now. We're yes. good for 90 days. We don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. Yeah, so at least for 90 days. Yeah. But yeah, we're good. So we're good. We're back. We and back. we get to talk about the craziness that was last week. And oh, I'm yeah. I'm so happy that we're back to do this this week because last weekend was insane. Unbelievable. For the NFL. And we're we're going to run that up. We're going to talk about the week coming up with Steelers and Chiefs. That's going down tonight. We'll talk about that. We got to talk about the wild card weekend as a whole. Now, granted, we're recording this on Thursday, so we're predicting the entire weekend before we get into it. But all the same, we will talk about that. We also have to talk about our predictions from the beginning of the season. <laughs> we're going to look back on these now because we wanted to do it at the end of the regular season and we didn't get a chance. So now we're getting a chance to look at it. And we got to talk about some of the stuff that we thought would just really be good, and it was really, really bad. <laughs> so we got to get into that, too. Plus, we will have our hot sheet picks for the upcoming week. Greg is destroying me, by the way. You I, are killing me in hot sheet. I had a 12-4 and four week last week. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of went with the opposite way I usually go. I said, it's the final week of the season. Give me all the underdogs, for the most part. Or at <laughs> least with the huge spreads. And most of them covered. So, See, I thought to do that. With the big underdogs and this, in the, like the underdogs and the big spreads, so I'm like, there's no way this team's covering. There's no way this team is covering. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I'll go with this. And I should have followed my first mind, like you did, and I didn't, and I got demolished for it. I mean, however, you went, ab- you still finished above room temperature was, last week. I was above room temperature. However, the one thing that was great about the last week 
I actually managed to finish strong and win my fantasy football league championship. Yes, so I'm sir. I'm happy about that. We are both champions. We are both champions. This is amazing. But we didn't win our Odyssey League. No, the team that, <laughs> that we that were on the same team. The team that we run together was got smashed. <laughs> Finished dead last. <laughs> but you and I are individual teams. One. Like one of my teams won in my work league. I should say my other work league. And the other team I had came in like third or fourth. So it did, like I got to the semifinal round. I was a number one seed, hadn't lost in like twelve weeks, got to the semifinals and lost to the seventh seed. That's insane. So that's kind of embarrassing. But still, a good season altogether. Maybe that's a foretelling future that the Steelers as the seventh seed will win. I that's saying a lot. I hope. <laughs> that's saying a lot. We'll see. We will see. At least I think it was the seventh seed that beat me. And it was still embarrassing, all the same. So let's get into this. Last week. Now, the Steelers went into, and we have to repeat this, January 9th, 2022 will be a day that just lives in utter weirdness because the Steelers woke up that morning knowing they had to A, beat the Baltimore Ravens, B, the Jaguars had to beat the Colts, and C, the Raiders and Chargers game had to end in anything other than a tie. Now, if you think about those three scenarios going into Sunday morning, you're probably going to give Jacksonville to beat Indianapolis like a D minus. Absolutely. You're going to give Steelers over Ravens in Baltimore probably a C to a B minus. I was thinking C plus B minus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the the Chargers and Raiders to not end in a tie A plus plus. Right. plus. That was the one thing that made the most sense. <laughs> now, here's what happened. <laughs> that was the thing that was the most in jeopardy. So the Steelers beat the Ravens in overtime. Which is crazy. What was so stupid about that game was I'm watching the Colts and the Jags on my laptop, and everything was going Jacksonville's way from the very beginning. Oh, yeah, it came up aces. And I go, very kickoff. They're going to win, and the Steelers are going to lose to the Ravens. As soon as um, Latavius Murray busted that run, I was like, okay, we can't stop the run. They're just going to run all over us. We're done. And then they threw the ball, and they threw an interception in the end zone and gave the Steelers second life. I I think towards the end of that game, the Ravens' offense got predictable. It was like, okay, let's run the ball and then throw it to Mark Andrews. That became Baltimore's offense, and Pittsburgh was like, okay, that's what you want to do? Fine. But why would you throw it if they can't stop the run? Why did Cleveland (laughs) keep throwing it against the Steelers? I know. That's another question. None of it made sense to me. (laughs) No. Now, I understand you have to do something a little bit different here and there just to keep teams honest, but... I would subscribe to the George Novak principle. You run it till they stop you. Mm -hmm. George Novak, longtime Woodland Hills head coach. If you're from Pittsburgh, you know the name because he was so successful at Woodland Hills. I mean, he turned so many players from that program, not only sending them to college, but then there were other guys from that that went to the NFL, guys like Jason Taylor and um, the uh, Ashante Spencers of the world and and those guys, the um, Steve Brustins and the like. He sent quite a few guys to the NFL. And his thing was, he'll keep running, not only will he keep running the ball, he'll keep running the same play if you don't stop it. And I don't know why Baltimore and Cleveland didn't do that in those last two weeks of the season. And it helped the Steelers win a game because of it. Now, I should say, there was a huge play later on in the game on defense that really, really defined all of it. Mika Fitzpatrick punching that ball out from Hollywood Brown Yes, is one of the best plays I've seen by a defensive back that wasn't an interception or a hit that forced a fumble or like some bone-jarring, like, smashing tackle in a long, long time. 
And it was clean. They didn't call a 15-yard penalty for making a play. It was absolutely <laughs> clean. And there are people, Greg, there are still people that are questioning paying Minka Fitzpatrick after the season. Pay that man. Pay that man. Have you seen what they look like without him? I have, and I don't like it. We've seen what they look like without Minka. We've seen what they look like without T.J. Watt. The one guy we haven't had to see what they look like without him yet is Cam Hayward, but do you want to? No, I don't. I, no, 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 no. We've already <laughs> seen what they look like without Stefan Tuitt and Tyson Alingwalu. Without Cam Hayward, you might as well just sink the ship now. Just burn the boats. Yes. Because <laughs> you're not coming back. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Those are the guys that are the, the cornerstones of your defense. Those are the guys that you need there in order for all of this to work. And somehow, some way, they did it again, Greg. For the 10th time this season, the Steelers held an opponent to under 20 points, and they didn't lose. It's almost like when this team plays defense at a very high level, they win games, or at the very least, they don't lose. Because remember, I said 10 times that they did that and didn't lose. Because all nine of their wins came in games where they gave up less than 20 points and had an even or positive turnover ratio. All those things happened. And then the 10th game on top of that, the tie against the Lions. So when this team holds opponents to less than 20 points and has an even or positive turnover ratio, they don't lose. It's interesting, and they did it again. It was getting to the point on Sunday where you almost thought that they are really going to lose this game because they couldn't stop the run. And Baltimore shot themselves in the foot. I'm telling you, that Cam Sutton interception turned the entire game around. Complete Baltimore was inside the, what, the 10-yard line when he threw that interception? Yep. And, again, if they just ground and pound the ball, at least they're getting a field goal if you actually stop them. But you held them to no points because you got that interception. That completely changed everything. And then another thing, Josh, and uh, – I think that this is pretty true. Colin Dunlap from 93.7 The Fan brought this up uh, on the air on Monday last week. If the Steelers won the coin toss in overtime, they might lose this game. If you go three and out and you punt and you give the ball to Justin Tucker. It's over. It's game over. It's It's probably a good thing they lost the toss. Here's what's crazy about, about that Cam Sutton interception. You mentioned this. After that Cam Sutton interception, and that happened, from the 11-yard line, he threw into the end zone. Baltimore never got in the red zone again after that. Wow. Never again. They did not get in the red zone the rest of the game. That's how good this, this team's defense is. This red zone defense is fourth best in the league in the red zone, and they don't get credit for it because we keep looking at them getting gashed in the run game and they give up all these yards. But, yeah, teams get in the red zone, and they hold them the field goals a lot. And they, they had a chance, the Ravens did, to possibly put the Steelers away, and they come up with this interception. And after that interception from uh, from Cam Sutton, Steelers got a touchdown. Ravens got a field goal that eventually tied the game. But then they go in the into overtime. Ravens punt after their first series. They don't get past midfield, and the Steelers win with the field goal. It's it's crazy to think just what happened during the course of this game and how it transpired. But you got to give this defense credit for, A, coming up with that big play in Cam Sutton's interception, and, B, not letting them in the red zone again with the season on the line. That's huge. I couldn't agree more. It came to the point where the defense was going to have to make some plays because the offense wasn't doing much. And then Ben had one final shining moment when they drove down the field and scored a touchdown. 
it's like a six-yard pass to Chase Claypool, and everybody's like, oh, it was a, a, a little screen pass to Chase Claypool. I don't Who care. Cares? It's a touchdown. Whatever it takes. Whatever <laughs> it takes. Now, here's and, – and this is the one thing I keep coming back to. And everybody's like, oh, Mike Tomlin. I'm like, do you realize the job that he did with this defense that plays at this level that I just laid out to you? When they play at this level – and by the way, in those 10 games, those 10 games that they didn't lose, they averaged exactly 16 points allowed. So 16 points in the nine games that they won, and then exactly 16 in the tie against the Lions. 16 points a game in this league would be the number one scoring defense in the league. That's really good. So that means 10 times this season, this defense, which apparently Mike Tomlin has all this autonomy over right now, played at a league high level in the majority of its games and won all 10 of those games that they did it. Now, if you want to look at the rushing yard and say, well, they still suck against the run, that's fine. But the, the stat that mattered, allowing points... They did that at a league high level and won nine games and had another tie because of it. Because imagine if that defense doesn't hold the Lions to 16 points. Do they win that game? Probably not. No, they do not. Because the offense couldn't do anything. Right. It, it's, it comes back to just what this team has been able to do. And there are people saying, well, you know, they still mess things up. I've never heard of a fan base that when they lose, they mess things up. But when they win, they also mess things up. <laughs> I've never heard that before. This team, this team... This team got to the playoffs, and people still aren't happy. It's incredible. I don't even care if they get blown out by the Chiefs tonight. I'm just happy that they're playing. They should not be here. (laughs) You know it's bad when the Hall of Fame quarterback, after 18 years, is like, yeah, no one's thinking we're going to win anyway. Like, no one's giving us a chance, so screw it. Have fun. And Cam Hayward said, oh, we're only a 12-and-a-half-point underdog? Like, (laughs) They, they're making jokes about it because they like, know they shouldn't be here. They're like, no one thinks we should be here. No one expected us to be here. So it, it let's just, be let's be here and play football. Just be here and play football. Exactly. Now let's let's get into the other half of this because we talked about the first half of it with the Steelers and the Ravens. We talked about the Jaguars Trevor and the Colts. Lawrence was absolutely balling. He balled out, but on the other side, Carson Wentz looked awful. Dude, Carson Wentz. <laughs> You nailed it whenever we went through our predictions at the beginning of the season. And I said, you go, you're taking the Colts to the playoffs? I said, yeah, I like their defense and I like their, I like Jonathan Taylor. Which like, I also love, by the way. And you were like, I'll give you that. But you trust Carson Wentz? I was like, I mean, I think that he was the quarterback they needed because Phillip Rivers was getting old. And boy, was I way off. Apparently, they do not like him at all at that in that organization. They're having some issues with him. And I don't blame them because... He threw three interceptions against Jacksonville in a must-win game. And then you hear about how things went in Philly when he left Philly, or I should say when Philly got rid of him. And now it's like, hey, maybe Philly was right about something. Maybe they knew something we didn't know. But, yeah, here's the the thing I'm going to keep coming back to. As much as we just talked about why wouldn't you run more against the Steelers, you're the Indianapolis Colts. You have a really good defense with a bunch of freaks flying around making plays. And you have Jonathan Taylor. Mm Mm-hmm. Why aren't you running the ball more with Jonathan Taylor? Jacksonville did a really good job stopping him. Fair enough. And in, 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 in fairness, you have a point there. Jacksonville did a really good job in selling out and stopping the run. And maybe that was their plan going in. They're like, look, we might get beat, but don't let this guy beat you. And if that's the case, hats off to them. He ran, I mean, he only ran the ball 15 times for 77 yards. Well, then it, 50 for 77 is actually a pretty good ratio. But here's the problem. After you fall behind that late and you got to throw the ball, he's right. useless at some point. Right. And because Carson Wentz just kept putting him in hole after hole after hole. He threw one. They have him for one interception. I thought he threw more than that. Maybe one got overturned. He got sacked six times by Jacksonville, and he fumbled once. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, that is 
truly embarrassing if you're a Colts fan, which I am, but I like the Steelers more, <laughs> so I'm happy that it happened. But at the same time, Josh, this, the Colts have not gone into Jacksonville won a football game since 2014. Yeah, They were a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. I called Vegas on their bluff. I took Jacksonville on the points. Uh, yeah. Because the Colts haven't proven to me that they can go in there and win a game. I, I feel the same way. And so they didn't do it. Unbelievable. And again, we probably had that at a D-minus to happen. Like, yes. We were like, okay, the Steelers might win, but they're definitely not getting in because the Colts are going to steamroll Jacksonville. And that was the A++. So now we get to the A++ with <laughs> ended up being the D Sunday Night Football. <laughs> And we've got Collinsworth and Michaels going, you know, oh, it God. could be a tie. Oh, it geez. could. We could get a tie. I've never seen people want a chaos theory so badly. Then Chris Collinsworth. And you're talking to the guy who always wants the chaos theory with the college football playoff. Because I always want something to go wrong and force it to be chaos. And the playoff committee goes, okay, we got to change this because we can't have this happen again. Right. Because I really believe it's going to take a chaos scenario for them to say, okay, we got to change this. Yes. Because it's not going to be business as usual. Right. Something has to go crazy, terribly wrong. And it hasn't happened yet. That's why I root for chaos in the college football playoff every year. That did not happen here. Like, the chaos actually took place. (laughs) And with two seconds left in the game... It was still in question whether or not the Steelers would make the playoffs. And not two seconds left in regulation. No, not the first four quarters of the game. Two seconds left in overtime was when this game was finally decided. And it was decided as the clock was going to zero. Justin Herbert continued to make me angry. (laughs) Fourth and 21. I'm like, all right, you got to stop here. It's over. Touchdown. I'm like, are you kidding me? He converted three fourth and longs on that drive alone. It went Five of six on fourth down in, in, in that drive, that 19-play drive. They just um, kept getting it. Unbelievable. And unbelievable. I'm sitting there like, they're seriously going to do this. And and the Raiders would get a stop on first down, on second down, on third down. But fourth down, Justin Herbert would just pull something out of the hat, and they would convert. Or the Raiders got that stop, but there was a penalty. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, th- my heart, 15 years went off my life. I know it. <laughs> From so, that game. So so the Chargers tie the game. They go into overtime. Now, the Chargers fail in overtime. Here comes here the comes Raiders the get the part. ball. And the Raiders are getting down to less than a minute to go. And and, and, and Staley calls timeout. So they're at the 45-yard line at the two-minute warning. It's first down. I texted you and was like, dude, like, they don't get a first down here. They might just accept the tie. Yeah, they might have to take the tie. So first down, they run the ball for two yards. I'm like... They're not calling timeout. The clock is running. They run the ball again for like three yards. I'm like, they're still not calling timeout. They're still not calling timeout. 38 seconds left, six to snap. He calls timeout. Why I'm like, what are there? you doing? Why would you do it there? Could you imagine being the Chargers where you fight back to tie that game? And then this guy. Your coach. Your coach. <laughs> That you fought to keep in this game, to keep it to go to overtime so you can possibly tie or win to go to the playoffs, and he does this to sabotage you. Could you imagine? I I can't. And he also made them go for it on fourth and whatever on their own 18-yard line. And I'm sure they were like, are you serious? We're going for this? This dude, and this is the same dude that tried to go for it when the game was tied against the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Yes. They were on their own 30-some-odd-yard line, and they wait for it on fourth down and failed. Yes. And the only reason why I got away with it was because the Steelers got the ball, went three and out, and had to punt. 
It's the only reason why did they go three and out and had to kick a field kick goal. Kick a field goal. They went yeah. three and out and had to kick a field goal. That's the only reason why they got away with it. Yes. Because the Steelers' offense is three and out prone. But I'm like, if you're if you're a Chargers player looking at this Brandon Staley guy, you got to be like, I just laid my whole body on the line to do this and screw the one thing that we had going for us up? It comes down to the point, too, where he says we were trying to get our best defense out there for the run. I'm confused. You're telling me on first and second down when you stop them, you didn't have your best run defense. But on third down, you decide we're going to get our best run defense and you give up a 14-yard carry that and gets you give a, a first down. 14-yard carry anyway, which you made the decision that sealed your fate instead of letting the clock run and forcing them to do something that beats you. Right. They would have had to snap the ball at about 30 seconds. If they don't get a first down, they would have to kick like a 55-yard field goal. They'd have to snap it like 32 if there were six left yeah, on the play right, clock. Right. And if he doesn't get the first down, they would run the clock all the way down and kick like a 56-yard field goal. Granted, it's, you know, it's they're inside a dome, but still. That's still the odds are still a lot in your further favor. than 40. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. This is what happens when you let a guy who was literally coaching John Carroll's defensive defensive uh he was a defensive coordinator. When he was their defense and secondary coach six years ago, when you give that guy an NFL job being a head coach, this is what the hell happens. I'm not going to get to a rant on NFL hire, coach hiring because I already went on one before we start to start at the show. But this is what happens. Yes. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Because, oh, why are we letting all these college guys in? How the, why the hell was he qualified for this job again? Was coaching, not like he was coaching Nebraska or Alabama or or even UCLA's defense. He was coaching John Carroll's defense five years ago. Yeah. I what? No, no arguments here, man. I, I can't. But that's that's what happens. And because of this probably in retrospect ridiculously stupid coaching hire. The Steelers are going to the playoffs. The Steelers are going to the playoffs. <laughs> so NFL coaching hires making no damn sense are now helping not only teams playing against the Chargers, but they're also helping teams have nothing to do with the Chargers like the Steelers. So congratulations, L.A. Thanks so much. Oh, my Steelers God. fans love you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, and for the record, shout out to Steelers fans. We, we, Our fan base is known, this city is known for having the most ridiculous reactions to things happening, but they responded in kind so well. This fan base showed up <laughs> after Daniel Carlson kicked that game-winning field goal. They're contributing to the charities that he's attached to. They're contributing to charities that the Jaguars are attached yes. to. Pittsburgh fans, you showed up. Good on you. Very proud of that moment. That's fantastic. Yeah, no doubt. And it was... Did you see the video of Ben? <laughs> yes, with his friends. And he pulls out the helmet. How was Ben 15 seconds behind television? I don't know. <laughs> like you figure he'd have better better TV package going. That than was that. incredible. Um, I think that thing that was better. Did you see the other video that the friend put up where he had the Raiders helmet on? <laughs> and it was signed by, of all people, it was Janikowski. autographed by Sebastian Janikowski and Shane Leckler. Shane Leckler, who might be the best punter of all time in NFL history. Got to put that out there. Okay. But Sebastian Janikowski and Shane Leckler autographed that helmet that he was wearing. That is fantastic. It was and so he, random. And he had one. And he had it. That, that was great. So great. You couldn't have scripted that any better. No, it was it was awesome. So Steelers are in. They're playing Kansas City. And uh, how do we feel about that? Um, the question is, how does everybody feel about it? Because everybody's like, yeah, is there a way they beat this team? Because even the players are kind of making light of it. They're like, yeah, so um, 
no one's really expecting us to win. And Ben Roethlisberger to the point is like, yeah, no one really thinks we have a chance, so let's just go have fun. And Cam Hayward's saying, so wait, we're only a 12.5-point underdog? It's just <laughs> even even they know that they're playing with house money, and they're embracing it. But they're handling it the way I think you should. I would do the same thing. I'm like, hell, no one expects us to win this game. I'm immediately turning into it. This is what I would do. I am turning into Dan Fouts at the end of the Waterboy. Last game of the season, can't hold anything back now. <laughs> and I, I, every single interview, I'm doing the same thing. How do you feel about your chance against Kansas City? Last game of the season, can't hold anything back now. That would be my justification <laughs> for everything. And that's where they are now at this point. Can't hold anything back now. They're like, hey, there's no pressure on us. All the pressure's on Kansas City. And they're going to Arrowhead. And this is a Kansas City organization that looked a lot worse last year after the Super Bowl because they got their heads beat in by Tampa Bay. And now they were the Steelers were just there a couple weeks ago. They were just there. Without Travis Kelsey, and they still got steamrolled. Yeah, and they still whooped the Steelers. So now it's like, all right. It's hard to beat a team twice. That's all I'm saying. Hey, you, Georgia and Alabama. You said this. <laughs> well, to the, well, to your point, the Steelers beat the Ravens twice and beat Cleveland twice. That's not helping their case, Sean. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out there. That's all I'm saying. No, it, it. I've heard a couple of people that have just, you know, the, the Steelers can do it. I think they're going to win. And I'm trying to piece it together in my head. Okay, how can they do it? And I'm sorry, but Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs at Arrowhead with a healthy roster. Now, granted, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not going to play, yeah. but I don't think that's a big deal. They don't rely on their run much anyway, so it doesn't no. matter. No, and Daryl Williams has more touchdowns than Clyde Edwards-Alaire does this season anyway. There's that, too. And he's bigger. Right. So here's what it's going to come down to. T.J. Watt's going to have to play out of his mind, force multiple turnovers. Yeah. They're going to have to get interceptions. They're going to have to get pressure on Mahomes at all times and yes. sack him like six times like the Jaguars did to the Colts. And the offense is going to actually have to do something for the first three quarters, which, once again, they haven't done. It comes right back to what I told you earlier in this segment. The Steelers have to do this criteria. They have to somehow hold Kansas City under 20 points, which means they can't let them in the, in the end zone more than once or twice. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> they have to have an even or positive turnover margin, which means they have to have the same number or fewer turnovers than the Chiefs. And T.J. Watt probably needs to get at least one sack. When those three things happen, now the first two I told you when they do the under 20 points and even or, or positive turnover margin, they're 9-0-1. You add in a T.J. Watt sack, or at least one, they're a perfect 7-0. So that's that's what needs to happen. You laid out exactly what needs to go down. Yeah. And then people are thinking, what's the Chiefs? How can you do that? Well, just so happens that two teams actually did that and won this year. Tennessee did it, and Buffalo did it. Both teams held Kansas City under 20 points, had a positive or even turnover ratio, and got Patrick Mahomes on the ground. They both did it and both beat the Chiefs. Here's what's weird. The Steelers beat both Buffalo and Tennessee by doing the exact same thing. So don't <laughs> tell me it's impossible. It's possible. It's a criteria that's been proven Throughout the course of the season. And in both of those games, Patrick Mahomes was sacked, I think, a combined six times in those two games. So it's, there's a way to do it. The question is, can they do it? That's where I am now. I mean, I don't think they can do it. Like, I want to think they can do it, but I don't think they can do it. I'm not very optimistic that they can do it. Holding and that team to 20 points... Like I said, only two teams have done it. And with one. your offense being as depleted as they are, and Najee might not even play in this game. You may not have Najee. 
It, it's you might have Juju, but it's not a guarantee. That's the other side of the coin. That's a huge wild card. Factor. Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> was practicing. What? <laughs> after being on IR after shoulder surgery, and he missed most of the season. But he's at practice, and there's a chance he can play in this game. I did not see that coming at all. Now, if you need something that could help the Steelers out, if, even if, and I heard a bunch of people saying this, but I, I agree with it. You can get 20 snaps out of Juju. You play Juju. Yeah. You play him. No doubt. It'll take coverage off of Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Fryermuth, everybody. It, it makes a lot of guys' jobs easier. But another thing is, now you have, between Juju and Fryermuth, you have more than one option for Ben to rely upon on third down. Yes. That makes us a lot different. And it, it really makes their chances better. Maybe you think, oh, maybe they'll lose by single digits instead of two digits. Like, that's where my mind is now. <laughs> but it, it's it's not an impossible thing, but I, I can't help but bring myself back to a 24-27, like, 16 game for Kansas City. I, I just I find it hard, like you said, just to keep this defense keeping this offense under 20 points. You think 24-16? to 16? I wrote a preview, like they asked each of the guys in the sports department at KDK TV to write a preview, and I brought up that criteria. You know, 20 points, even a positive turnover margin, get Patrick Mahomes on the ground, and preferably T.J. Watt. And I wrote that out there, and I kind of laid out as to what they need to do, but I don't know if they can do it. I think they can stay in the game, but I don't know if they can do enough because we're talking about all this happening with the Steelers' defense and Kansas City's offense, but we're leaving Kansas City's defense out of the equation, and they've been doing the exact same thing that we think the Steelers need to do to win the game. They've, they've gotten a lot better. <laughs> and they've been doing it a lot better over the past, like, eight or nine weeks. Yes. And the Chiefs just happen to be the league's fourth-best scoring offense. I, I just cannot see them finishing the job. I think they can keep themselves within arm's length, but I can't see them actually getting over the hump to win it. I think they cover. But I don't know if they win. Okay. I just, I can't see myself, I, I can't bring myself to see it actually finishing the entire way. I can't see them completing the whole script, I guess. It'll be interesting. It will. Because I think a lot of Steelers fans have the same mindset that we do where I'm just happy that we get to watch the Steelers in a playoff game. Absolutely. But at the same time, I also think a lot of Steelers fans are thinking, Okay, they already went to Arrowhead and they got their doors blown off. Yep, and they, they lost by twenty six. They couldn't do anything on offense. You can't win whenever you can't do anything on offense. And ever since that game, they really can't do anything on offense. No, they can't score. Even against Cleveland, they couldn't score much. And they won that game. They won both games against Cleveland because of their defense. Yes, they won both games against Baltimore because, because of their Baker defense. Mayfield tried to make too many plays when they could have just kept giving the ball to Nick Chubb. Actually, to be fair, <laughs> they probably won the first game against Baltimore because of John Harbaugh, but that's beside the point. Correct. But yeah, I mean that's that's where we are here, and I, I feel the same way you do. Regardless of whether or not the defense can hold Kansas City, let's say they hold them to twenty-four points. Can they score 25? I don't know if I trust this offense I too. don't. I don't. I just don't know. Now, there's a couple things that stick out that say, hey, maybe they can fix a couple holes. Because Trey Turner, as of Thursday, hadn't practiced yet. They're going to need him to practice Friday if he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Now, Kendrick Green's available. J.C. Hassenauer probably is going to start at center. Could it be a solution as simple as moving Kendrick Green back to guard? in Trey Turner's place and letting this group move forward because you got Dan Moore back. Right. 
are, are we really considering this to be a possibility? Because if there's one thing that's going to need to change for this team to have a shot, the offensive line is going to have to play better. The possibility of that happening, the possibility of having a Juju Smith-Schuster available, hopefully you hope that Najee Harris plays. Do those three things maybe change your mindset about what could be possible? I wish. It, it I just, wish it did. <laughs> because, the, I mean, the things that we're talking about, a lot of people complain about, like, why do they keep throwing a Ray Ray McLeod? Because they don't have Juju. They don't have Juju. They're trying to take Deontay out of the equation, and they're trying to play deep to eliminate Claypool. They don't want to get beat by those guys. Mm-hmm. So they're going to take those guys out and make you go to the guy that they don't think will beat them. New England's been doing it for two and a half decades. Why are we shocked at this? This is what <laughs> they was, do. Who was the lacrosse player? Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan. Yeah. Okay, Chris Hogan. well, then Chris Hogan beat you. Fine. Yeah. Oh, Julian Edelman, who's he? <laughs> <laughs> no. Really? Like You're right. Good coaches, good teams are going to do that. They're going to take the best thing you do away from you and make you do it with the guy that's not supposed to beat you. That's why the Giants ended up beating them that first time around. Because they said, hey, don't worry about Manningham. Take the other two guys out and don't worry about Manningham beating you. And Mario Manningham makes this catch. That puts the Giants in position to beat the Patriots. So what are we talking about? So bringing Juju back or the possibility of Juju playing again means you're not relying upon a guy like Ray Ray McLeod as much. And I say that fully acknowledging the fact that Ray Ray McLeod made a huge season-saving catch on a fourth down that kept the drive going. Yes. So as much as people wanted to poo-poo Ray Ray McLeod, he makes one of the biggest plays of the year. This is what happens when you don't acknowledge that player development is a thing. You have to let guys develop. They're getting James Washington back, too, off the COVID list. Now you see where I'm going with this. You get James Washington back off the COVID list. You might have Juju back. You might not see Ray Ray McLeod on the field in a sub-package for this offense. Maybe your chances get better. It comes down to the point where if Najee doesn't play, I think they're cooked. You have to have him. Can you trust Benny Snell for four quarters? No. That's a good question. No, you cannot. Can you trust <laughs> Benny Snell behind this line for four quarters? No. Because you can trust Najee behind this line because he can still make a play somehow, some way. Right. He has been all year. Right. And he miraculously carried the ball 300, almost 400 times with no fumbles and caught all these passes with no fumbles. He's done this all year long. Led the league in touches and didn't fumble. Yeah. That's why that guy is the all-time rushing leader at Alabama and the tied for the all-time touchdown leader in the SEC with Tim Tebow because he's that good. That's why you draft him in the first That's round why when you he's draft still him. sitting there. That's why you draft him in the first round. That's why he had the pedigree that he had because he just happens to be that good. Yep. If you're still questioning that draft pick, I got to look at what you're watching because clearly he has lived up to the billing despite having an offensive line that probably should not be blocking for anybody as a unit. But here we are. Just it kind of stretches things out. All right, you want to talk about the rest of the wild card games? Let's do it. Let's get into it before we take a break. Okay, so we're releasing this Sunday, so Saturday's games are over, but let's just talk about them quickly. Yeah, Raiders and Bengals. Let's start there. So here's the thing. The Bengals haven't won a playoff game since Boomer Esiason was their quarterback. Which is insane. I think this year is the year that it changes. It's the year that it should change. Because Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are right now unstoppable. That offense is a lot of weapons. Um, They still have Tyler Boyd. Yeah. They still have T. Higgins. Yeah. They still have Joe Mixon. Yeah. They still have Uzama, who's a pretty decent tight end. They got a lot of weapons. Right. It's just, can the defense keep Derek Carr quiet? 
and can they can they get a if the if the Bengals get out to a lead, it's over. That's what I'm thinking. If and I think they will. I think they I think they possibly I'm I'm definitely think they definitely potentially can. If they do, it's it's over. I think I got the Bengals winning this one. Me too. Yeah, the Bengals uh they surprised both of us because we had them in the basement or in third in the division this year. Right. And they went and won the division. Yeah, good for them. Uh, you know what? I can't I, complain about Jamar Chase because he's on the fantasy team I have that won me a championship. So thank you, Jamar Chase. I think that we both thought that Burrow wasn't going to come back and be as good as he was because of his injury. At least not this soon. Yes. He came back. I mean, granted, he came back when he was expected to, but he played well. Really well, probably before people expected it. So good on him. Good on Joe Burrow. But and, we knew how good he was at LSU. And uh, the Bengals and Raiders already played once this year, and the Bengals dominated. Yeah, they 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 blew the Raiders' doors off. So and that was in Vegas. Yeah, it was in Vegas. You're so this game's right. in the jungle. I think we're both on the same page. Here. I agree. And then there's the nightcap for Saturday night: Patriots and Bills in Buffalo. Now there's not going to be forty mile an hour Geralt Force winds this time. Advantage <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> I'm going to say that off the hop, advantage Buffalo. I would think that Mac Jones is actually going to have to throw the ball a couple of times this time. And I'd also advantage have to say advantage Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> I think that the uh, Patriots run will come to an end. Bills win this one by at least seven. The Bills should win this game. They should. <laughs> but Belichick exists. <laughs> but Belichick still walks the planet. And last time I checked, Bill Belichick is still a Sith Lord. <laughs> And Nick Saban, his apprentice, however, his apprentice was just beaten in a national championship game. So maybe, maybe the Sith are finally facing their downfall. I mean, look at what Popovich is going through with the Spurs. You've got a point. <laughs> Greg Greg Popovich was my original theory of him being a Sith Lord. So there I you mean, go. he just kind of looks like Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> he he kind of has the Emperor Palpatine look. Right? So I call him Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine, right. But to get everything back online, to stop talking about Star Wars theories. Um... Buffalo should win this game. Yes. They have a good enough offense, they have a really good quarterback, and they have a good enough defense to win this game. I thought they were pissed off from the first game in Baltimore, how that turned out. I think they kind of felt helpless that they just could not really help the elements around them, and then they went to New England and beat them. Mm-hmm. I think they will do it again. I expect both. I expect Buffalo to win this game, too. I think they should win. You were saying you're saying the first game they were mad in Buffalo. I think, Whenever the the Gale Force wins and they got ran all over. I think they were frustrated. For oh, I do, game. too. Because I, I think they felt like they were handcuffed and didn't do what they wanted to do or what they needed to do to win. It came to the point of who had the better running offense, and it was New England. And it was New England that day. And, I totally agree. And ever since that game, Buffalo's run defense has gotten a lot better. Gotten a lot better, and they've been able to do what they want with the football, and I think that helps them. And I think it'll help them this time around, too. It'll be nine degrees, but it's also not going to be terribly windy. I like Buffalo. Agreed. Okay, so that was Saturday, which already happened. We don't know what happened. That's why we're talking about it. Now we go to Sunday. One o'clock, Bucks hosting the Eagles. Tampa better win this game. <laughs> I mean. Let me tell you this much. You put these two teams on paper, Tampa not even should. Tampa better win this game. Let me tell you this much. I'm actually worried because Antonio Brown quit. Huh? Chris Godwin tore his ACL. Yeah. It's the Mike Evans show and the Gronk show. It's Evans and Gronk. If the Eagles find a way to take those two out of the of the game and you got Tyler Johnson trying to make plays, I know Tom Brady can make anybody look good, but I don't know if he can make Tyler Johnson look good. 
Le'Veon Bell found himself in the end zone the last time they were out on the field. So there's that. Did he really? He found I the end zone. I did not know that he had a touchdown. In Le'Veon game. Bell found the end zone. So And Fournette's coming back. And Fournette's coming back. However, Philadelphia can run the ball pretty well. They can. If you can do that and your defense can make Tom Brady uncomfortable and you can lock down Mike Evans, and I've seen it happen. Mike yeah. Evans is their number one guy, but I've seen him have games where he doesn't do anything. This is true. I'm just saying. I, I don't think you're wrong. This, that's what, that's this has let down written all over it for me if you're a Tampa Bay fan. That's why I'm saying Tampa better win this They game. better win it, but I'm worried. Yeah. I really am. They've lost a lot of pieces, and I don't think enough people have come to the conclusion yet that you lose Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin and you're going to the playoffs without those guys. That's hard. PFF really said hard. that Antonio Brown was the number one wide receiver this year. Oh, dear God. He was. He was on my fantasy team. He was great. I mean, I'm, <laughs> when I'm, he actually played. It, it's, I'm not debating that part of him actually performing. It's just it came from PFF. And I'm just oh, yeah. Like, oh. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. It's just it's it's hard to take what they say without a grain of salt. I agree. I agree. But no, all those points that you make are valid. They're all valid points. And there should be a level of concern. But at the same time, when you compare these rosters, even with the injuries Tampa has, you compare 53 and 53, even 45 and 45 with the guys that actually get hats that day. Right. Tampa's roster is still better. I agree. They they better win this game. It comes down to their defense making Jalen Hurts have to make plays because they've stopped the run. Absolutely. That's where I that's where I'm on this. Absolutely. I totally agree. Now, and I, I think we probably see eye to eye on that. Yep. Um, the game after that, the 440 game, San Francisco and Dallas. This might be the best matchup of the weekend. Which is why it's 440 on CBS Which with is Jim Nance and Tony Romo. <laughs> exactly. I, I like this match. I don't know who's going to win this game. I, I have really been don't. I have been torn all week trying to pick who I think is going to win this game. It depends on what Dallas Cowboys offense shows up. The playoffs yes. have been bad for the Dallas Cowboys. Dak has to prove it this week. Yeah. He just does. He, you have no you have C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, Cedric Wilson Jr., and Ezekiel Elliott. You should be able to put up thirty points. You have the number one offense if you're Dallas in yards and points. You have the number two passing offense in the league. You have the number nine rushing offense in the league. You and and your defense is number one at forcing turnovers. As Brad Pitt says in Moneyball, what are we talking about here? It, it, the, it, the Cowboys should win this game. They should. But you look at San Francisco, and they have been a pain in everybody's side. You saw what they did against the Rams, and the Rams were playing for something. Yes. It, it's, it comes down to, it for me, it comes down to how well does Jimmy Garoppolo play and can Dallas score points. Because Jimmy Garoppolo, if he plays well enough to where he doesn't make mistakes, remember where Jimmy Garoppolo pl- came from? New England. What was New England known for? Not making a Not lot making of mistakes. mistakes. Yeah. So if Jimmy G can play a game that's a very mistake-free, and their defense makes a play or two, this can change up real quick. This one scares me. It really does. Yeah, say I've been torn all week trying to decide, and I can't. <laughs> And then, I'm going to have to for hot sheet, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> absolutely. Now, there's there's the, the weird part of it. A Monday night playoff game. Cardinals and Rams in L.A. Steve Levy game. <laughs> it's a, Oh, yeah. Good point. Uh, but Lewis Riddick's also involved, and I love him. So there's that. That's fair. Pitman. Here's where I am on this one. 
Matthew Stafford cannot do what he's been doing, and right. that is turning the ball over. Right. If he plays turnover-free football, I think the Rams will be okay at home. The Cardinals look like the best team in the NFL, and then DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt both were done. You lose your number one pass rusher and your number one wide receiver, that hurts. Kyler Murray was injured back and forth. James Conner's been on the injured list a couple of times. I think the Cardinals are too beaten up. Well, I mean, we say all that. Yes. But J.J. Watt, I believe, has been practicing. I believe J.J. Watt is now a fixture on this team again. Really? Yeah. I thought he was out. Uh, there, there's, oh, wow. This, this, this changes things up a little bit. But Hopkins is not playing. Now, I, I'm pretty sure Hopkins is not playing, but it, it's... This, uh, this he was very limited up. on Thursday, but very he did practice. Thursday, but but he, he did practice. He did practice, and they're playing Monday night, and he was designated to return from injured reserve a week ago. Okay. I'd be surprised if he doesn't play in this game. Let me put it this you way. You think he's the difference maker? I don't know if he's the difference maker, but you're not going to complain having him there. <laughs> any coach is like, any coach is going to take that offer. Hey, you might get J.J. Watt off injured reserve. He may not be 100%, but you get J.J. Watt. <laughs> okay. Every coach is going, all right, give him a hat, put him on the field. Hell, put him in the goal line set. I don't care. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. Now, but you're absolutely right. No, no Nuke Hopkins, and you're probably going to get a shell of J.J. Watt, or at least a, a watered-down version of it. If you're the Rams, I just talked about how Tampa better win against Philly. If you're the Rams, you have no excuse yeah. to lose this game. You I have agree. no excuse. I agree. Unless you can't bottle up Kyler Murray, but wait a minute, look at that defense. How could you not bottle up Kyler Murray? You have Aaron Donald. You have Aaron Donald. <laughs> like so it's just and you have the you have the defensive backfield that you have. How is this possible that you can't slow this team down? Now I say this when the Cardinals went to LA earlier in the season. And beat the Rams. So we know it's possible. They beat them 37 to 20. So it's not like it's a, a crazy thought. Then the Rams beat the Cardinals in Arizona. And then right? the Rams beat the Cardinals in Arizona 20, uh, 30 to 23. Hmm. So hmm. I'm saying Buffalo should win. I'm saying Tampa better win. I'm saying the Rams, can you look yourself in the face if you don't win? You You won the division, you're the home team. And you got a team that's you don't have to face their top receiver right now. And you should be able, with all the guys you have on defense, to bottle up their quarterback. If you're the Rams and you lose this game, you're out of excuses. I agree. I agree. I, I, I've, I've been trying to think of reasons to take the Cardinals, but I just think they're too depleted. It, it's hard. And both teams healthy, all things being equal. I'm taking Arizona and not blinking. Me, me too. Because you and I have talked about how much we like certain teams. I've talked about how much I like the Colts because they could run the ball and their defense is so good. I like Arizona because of all that talent that they have on offense and all the freaks they have on defense. I like that too. But this version of Arizona, I don't trust as much. So you and I agree on that too. But we'll see exactly just how things stack up because after we take this break, we're going to A, talk about our season predictions that we will make fun of that we totally blew up. And then we've got Hachi. So we got to make all that happen here in the second half of the show. Josh Taylor, Greg Finley, see you back, in a, back here in a second. You're listening to the Sunday Morning Grind podcast, a show where we talk about sports both on the Pittsburgh level locally, but also around the sporting world as well. We have a little fun with it, by the way, too. 
You can download the Sunday Morning Grind on iTunes, Google Podcast, Anchor, or Spotify. Basically, anywhere you get your podcasts from. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back to episode 35, the Dan Kreider episode of the Sunday Morning Grind podcast. Greg Finley, Josh Taylor. Josh, time to rip the Band-Aid off and go through our terrible NFL predictions. We are digging up the time capsule, and we buried this in very, very non-fertile ground. So I actually did dig up the time capsule. I listened to the show oh God. because I wanted to hear just how cocky I was. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I just wanted to hear some points that we made, and oh boy. let's just let's just start. AFC North, I had the Steelers to win the division, loss. You had the Browns to win the division, loss. Huge loss. Here's where you got it right, though. You had the Steelers finishing second. I did, didn't I? I had Cleveland finishing second, L. I had the Bengals finishing third, L. You had Baltimore third. So I got the Ravens in the basement right, though. So basically, I got the, the top and the worst teams wrong. Yeah. Like, that's weird. You got the Steelers right and the other three wrong. I got the Ravens right and the other three wrong. I had the Ravens finishing last, and I got it right. They did finish last, didn't they? It was because of all those injuries at the beginning of the season. I said, I just think they're going to be too depleted. And it wasn't even because of that. It was because Lamar Jackson got Oh, hurt. my God. Baltimore was in last place. I thought Cleveland was. Nope. It was Baltimore. Baltimore. Wow. So I got wow. that one. You nailed that one. So we both went one in three in the AFC North. Oh, dear God. This one a little bit better. Oh, geez. We had the same answers for the South. Titans first, Colts second. We took Jacksonville third. Why did we trust Urban Meyer over the Texans? It wasn't that I didn't trust Urban Meyer. It wasn't that I trusted Urban Meyer. that I didn't trust the Texans. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> and the thing is, the Texans, sans Urban Meyer for a good chunk of the season, only finished a game better than Jacksonville. Correct. And then both coaches got axed anyway, so there's that. How about Captain Neck at the end of the season? He Captain was kind of, He was kind of balling against the Titans in that final game. Yeah. In week 18. Mm. They were down 21 nothing. Titans were ready to win first place in the AFC, and the Texans were like, hang on. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, the only thing that you really like kind of swung and missed on as far as the South, other than getting the last two teams flip-flopped, was you had the Colts in the playoffs. Oh, you just we, had to. Which we pointed out earlier. There's that. <laughs> But fair enough, fair enough. I will remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll let yourself forget it. No, fair. because they should have been in the playoffs. I mean, You're not you wrong. don't you don't think I was watching on Sunday thinking I said that they would go to the playoffs and I'm probably going to be right about it. And that. they should have been a playoff <laughs> team that should have been in the playoffs in making ridiculous noise. Yes. They should have been a dangerous team in the playoffs. Yes. This <laughs> Here we are, <laughs> and the fact the fact that their their uh their GM pretty much didn't commit to whether or not Carson Wentz will be back or not be back. Yeah, he gone. <laughs> That's kind of telling. So there you go. So now what? Go get it, Andrew Luck. He looked pretty. He looked pretty skinny on Monday night. <laughs> he looked pretty skinny. He also looked pretty happy too with that facial hair. Yeah, you he can did. tell he's just like I don't care. Yeah. So good for him. Good uh, on him. Maybe they'll draft somebody. They're gonna uh, have to. I think. <laughs> So, yeah, AFC West. Did anything crazy for no, there? AFC East, uh, we both went 4-0. Really? We got it straight. Buffalo New, England, Mi- Buffalo, New England, Miami Jets. We sure did. Wow. I was impressed with you. You said, Miami's going to be better than people think. You were spot on about and that. They were. <laughs> they it's really still fired were. head coach. They really were. 
for once again avoiding the rant side of things. Yep. Let's move on to the AFC West <laughs> before I get started talking about Brian Flores getting fired. Here's where I'm mad at myself, and we both got the Chiefs, obviously. Yes. We took the Chargers to finish in second. Oh. They looked really good at the beginning of the season. They did. And then they and then they didn't. We took the Broncos to finish third. We had the Raiders in last place. We did. That's because neither of us trusted Gruden. And we went one and three in this one. And the Raiders got better without Gruden. <laughs> and they fired Gruden and got better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why they did it, because they fired Gruden. Correct. <laughs> So technically, we weren't wrong. <laughs> we weren't wrong. It's just the circumstances changed. But yeah. So okay. if Gruden would have stayed, we, we probably would have been, right. been okay. We probably would have got it right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they gave that guy 10 years and $100 million. The Broncos always start out hot, and I go, ah, Denver, this might be the year they make the wild card. And then, and nope. <laughs> they fired Big Fangio. Yep. So there you go. All right. NFC. We did a lot better. The oh, North, God, so. the North, we went undefeated. Nice. Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions. That was pretty easy. Yeah, that was honest. easy. The North is easy. It's usually, let's not kid ourselves, usually that division is Green Bay and God help the other three teams. <laughs> usually. <laughs> and here's the crazy part. Two of those three teams beneath Green Bay fired the coaches. Correct. Dan Campbell's probably a year or two behind And them. the other one's quarterbacked by Kirk Cousins. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's creeping. God help us all. You're not wrong. Uh, Speaking of that, it's Tampa Bay and help us all. Uh, the Bucks finished in first. We both had that. The Saints finished in second. We both had that. Oh. We took Carolina third, Atlanta fourth. I think I trusted Carolina's offense more with Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator. And they had Sam Darnold, and we thought maybe he would have a second a second stint and then they better. <laughs> and they had Cam Newton. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the Falcons finished one game ahead of the Panthers. And it came down to the final game of the season, I believe. I'm stunned it? <laughs> Atlanta won seven games. I'm really surprised they won seven. I, I gotta throw that out. No, I don't I don't blame you. Like floored. Yeah. No doubt. And that the Saints beat Tampa Bay twice. <laughs> Which is crazy. <laughs> I figured they'd beat him in New Orleans because they always do. They always beat Brady in New Orleans. And this the and I got to point this out: the Saints are really good at home historically. They're just—it's hard to win in that dome. Yeah, it's just hard. Period. It is. But wow! But they went into Tampa and won nine nothing. Nine and eight. Good. Good for them. Good for. Good for New Orleans with that quarterback situation falling apart with Jameis getting hurt, right? And having to suffer through Taysom Hill and then Ian Book and then who was the one in between Book and, and Hill? Oh, what's the kid's name? I need to look this up now because it's going to bother me. Taysom Hill, Ian Book. Trevor Simeon. Oh, yes. Of course. They had a bunch of guys throwing passes for him. But James getting hurt screwed them. Blake Bortles, their fourth quarterback on yeah. the depth chart. Uh, but they won, they won four out of five games with Taysom Hill. So there's that. And their defense is really good. But, yeah, shout out to New Orleans winning nine games. NFC East, we both had Dallas. That okay. was easy. Uh, I was impressed with you for the second. You took Philadelphia to finish second. And you got it. I was really I was really expecting Philly's defense to be better and Philly to have a decent run game. You I, nailed it. I'd say the run game was good. The defense, they weren't great, but they weren't awful. I mean, they were 18th in scoring and 10th in yards allowed. They were right there. They're probably a middle-of-the-road defense. I went back and listened to this segment, Uh-oh. and I said, and I quote, I think the Giants are going to be better than people think. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, 
Oh. L. And then they fired Joe Judge. Dude, you gotta you just gotta listen to WFAN sometimes and just listen to how miserable they are about the Giants. It's pretty funny. It makes you feel better about being a Pirates fan. <laughs> I should go back, find that episode where you said the Giants would be better than people think, and just run that as a VO on top of that quarterback sneak from their own four yard line. <laughs> and just run that on loop. <laughs> Maybe I'll I'll find that and send it to you. That's like our Paul Goldschmidt. Oh my god. <laughs> Montage. We will never do that again. Or, or Derek Dietrich. Remember whenever we oh, woke Derek God, Dietrich yeah. too? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we angered him. I had the Giants finishing second, Ooh, way off. My God. We both took the Washington football team third. We got that. I had the Eagles last. You had the Giants last. So I got the East perfect. You went 4-0 in the nice. East. In the crummiest division ever. It was the easiest to predict, honestly. At least I thought it was. Well, why don't you rub <laughs> it in a little bit more? I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Who thought that the Eagles would actually be okay? I mean, really? You mean other than me? Yes. I, I don't know. Well, my, I was counting on Washington to be less than okay and the Giants to be terrible. That was really my reasoning. I wouldn't call it Philly being okay as much as it was Philly being less terrible than in the other two. I believed in Saquon, and Saquon didn't believe in himself well, this year. It, <laughs> I looked at the Eagles the same way that Presbelewski looked at winning and losing in The Wire when his wife asked him, who's winning? And he says, no one wins. One team just loses more slowly. And I expected the <laughs> Eagles to lose more slowly than Washington and the Giants. That's what it was. Fair enough. All right, finally, the West. We both got let down hard in this one. Yeah. Rams. We both took the Rams to win the division, which I'm kind of surprised because at the same time, you and I are big Cardinals guys. Yes. But, but we had them finishing last. But once again, you look at the Rams roster on paper, and it's the best roster won the 53 in the division. They better be in first place. When they added Stafford, I thought, okay, they're going to take the next step. Yeah. And they did. I, I mean, say, I say they did. He might throw a bunch of interceptions, but he still got them to where they are. Rams might let me down a little bit. There's a case that they might not have done as well as I expected them to, but Same. they still won the division. They won the division. Seattle, we both had finishing second. And Russell Wilson getting hurt screwed that up completely. Yep. I'm, I'm willing to, to eat that one because Look it's at the like, final couple of weeks and what he did. Exactly. The yep. fact that they even won seven games despite that happening is kind of a miracle. We both took the 49ers to finish third. I'm not surprised at all with everything San Francisco did. They did... Close to what I expected them to do. I think I expected maybe win maybe 11 games. But the fact that they went 10-7 to with all the injury issues they had, going back and forth between quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo being hurt, mm-hmm. they did pretty much as well as expected, given the circumstances, even before the circumstances turned into what they were. So good on San Francisco. And then we both had the Cardinals finishing last. I can't believe we had Arizona and Seattle flip-flopped. But we both like the Cardinals. It's crazy. We both thought that Russell Wilson was going to play with vengeance because of everything that came out about how he wanted out and yeah. everything. And, it, you know, you got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Why wouldn't I think they'd be good? And for the record, that could still happen with Seattle. Yeah, it could. So there's that, too. It could. Okay, then to the wild cards. Oh, boy. Here Mine, we go. Mine are miserable. I'm just telling you now. Browns, L. Ooh. Colts, L. Ooh. Chargers, L. Ooh. You, Steelers, W. Wow. Chargers, L. Patriots, W. I got two out of three wild cards. I put in quotations. You have the Colts making the playoffs. You trust Carson Wentz? (laughs) (laughs) My God. I got two out of three wild cards. Yes, you did. I forgot I had the Steelers making the playoffs. Yes, you did. Wow. I had them winning the division, so I had them 
in the playoffs too, but I, not not like that. I had the Steelers in second place in making the playoffs. You did. I cannot believe I got that right. Cannot believe it. You should you should believe it. Though. No. You know your stuff, man. I'm, no. I'm still stunned. <laughs> Wild card in the NFC. I had the four West teams. Two of them made it. Two of them made it, and I thought you did all right. I thought you did okay, because Seattle really was not your fault. No, if Russ is healthy, I think I would have gotten it. I still give you credit for the other two teams making it. Thank you. You had the Saints. You had the Seahawks. You had the 49ers. You got one. Jeez. Super Bowl. I also didn't expect uh, Jameis to get hurt. Correct. Super Bowl uh, up in the air, because we don't know what happens. We both have Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Which can still happen. MVP awards, we'll go over those whenever they come out. Fair. All right. And Steelers predictions. I had eleven and six. You had ten and seven. They went nine eight. They went what nine seven and nine, one. Nine seven and one. <laughs> come you on. are so close. I was one point away from being right. Like across <laughs> the board. Are you kidding me? We Freaking both had Lions, them. Man. We both had them losing to the Titans. And they beat the Titans. We. I had them beating the Chargers. You had them losing. You got that one. We both had the Lions as a W, obviously. Yeah. We both had them losing to Cleveland. And they swept them. And they swept them. We had them sweeping Baltimore. And we got that one. Which still amazes me. (laughs) Right? Still amazed. Had them losing to Buffalo, and they won. Yeah. That's still one of their most impressive games to me, was Baltimore. I mean, not Baltimore-Buffalo. Oh. That's one of their most impressive games all season. We had, one. We had them sweeping the Bengals. Oh, jeez. Oh, like, <laughs> that one hurts. Because <laughs> neither of us expected Joe Burrow to be that good. More or less, and for Ben to be that bad against him either, because he always owns the Bengals. Yeah, but we didn't think that Ryan Finley would beat them either. <laughs> Point taken. Point very much taken. Uh, Anything else that I'm missing? You had them losing to the Vikings. You got that one right. Uh, I had them winning wow. that game. Thursday night game on the road after facing Baltimore. I didn't like it from the door. Yep. I just never liked it. Yep. And that was a pretty sloppy, ugly, no good football game. You know how I feel <laughs> about road teams in Thursday night games. I, I do. think Thursday night games are just like God's punishment against the road teams. <laughs> Unless you're Green Bay without all your receivers and Aaron Rodgers still beats Arizona. <laughs> that might be the most impressive thing I saw all year. That game? As far as impressive wins. Green Bay to go on the road. He didn't have Devon. He didn't have Devonte Adams. He didn't have Lazard. Right. Right. Did he have Saint Brown? Yeah, he had like Valdez Scantling and he has Valdez Scantling and Saint Brown, and they they still beat. Arizona. I won that game. Uh, yeah. Shout out to him, man. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay did the thing. Rodgers is probably going to go ahead and win the MVP again. Are we shocked? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. And there are people still trying to tell you that Aaron Rodgers is a bad quarterback. And I'm sitting there going, "What football do you watch?" I can't. Can't do it. Insane. <laughs> Insane. All right. Finally. Hot sheet. Here we go. Raiders, Bengals, Cincinnati, minus five and a half. The Bengals will continue to be the offense I expect them to be. Um, the weird thing about them at home this season, I thought I didn't think they'd be as good at home. Turns out they weren't terrible at home. I will think I'll take the Bengals to win and cover. Same. I'm doing the same. I think uh, I think it might be a shootout, but Jamar Chase makes too many plays. Oh yeah, and they they run away with it in the fourth. And quarter. Burrow makes too many plays. Yeah, of course. Uh, New England at Buffalo. The Bills minus four. 
I can't believe I'm doing this. Give me the bills to cover the four. Oh, I thought you were going to go the other way. Whenever you say, can't believe you're doing this. Because I'm taking Buffalo. <laughs> is it because it's New England? That's why you're saying you it's can't believe you're doing It's because it's New England. It's the playoffs. And Belichick is fantastic at game planning, specifically against opponents in playoff games. He is. But I think Buffalo can still win it. Because I don't know how you scheme to stop Josh Allen. Agreed. When it's not Gale Force wins. <laughs> all, all you have, all you can do is hope for ridiculous wins like that, or your off your your offensive line has to get absolutely decimated for him to not have protection. Pretty much what happened against the Steelers. That's it. Philly at Tampa, Bucks minus eight and a half. Ooh. I will say Bucks win, but Philly covers. I think Philly covers the eight and a half. Do I go back to the well? That is Nick Sirianni angering me after what happened in the regular season. Do you remember what he did to me? Hey, that's you. Tampa, minus seven and a half. Nick Sirianni goes for two and gets it. They lose by six. You see where I'm going with this. In anger, I'm taking Tampa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to sit there watching my TV going, you better steamroll these guys. I really wish we had a soundboard because that'd be queuing up Morgan Freeman. Good luck. <laughs> Here's the thing. We, when we broke it down earlier, I said, I'm just saying Philly, but no, I'm taking Tampa. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. All right, fair enough. Here we go. The fun one. 49ers, Cowboys, Dallas, minus three. Where are you going with this? Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Um, I trust Dallas enough to do the small things in one home game. I will, I'll give them the Tom Izzo win me the first game treatment. Okay. Because Tom Izzo very seldom loses in the first round or when he was coaching at Michigan State. Uh-huh. So I'll give them the Tom Izzo benefit of the doubt and say Dallas covers with three and wins. That defense is too opportunistic. I'm taking Dallas too. They're at home. I think that they're an actual legit Super Bowl contender if, they can, they, if they can do what they need to do on offense. If nothing else on paper, they are absolutely legit. Micah Parsons, absolute stun. Oh, my God. <laughs> like if T.J. Watt does not tie Michael Strahan's record, Michael Mike Parsons is a defensive player of the year. Yep. I, I can't give it to him because T.J. Watt did what Michael Strahan did in one fewer game. I'm sorry. Yep. It's him. Yep. Sorry. Agreed. Um... Steelers and Chiefs, it is now Kansas City minus 13 as of this recording. I said in my preview for KDK.com, I had Chiefs 24, Steelers 16. I'm sticking with it. Steelers cover, but they lose by a possession. I'm taking Kansas City to cover. I think it's wow. going to be a route. I'm sorry. Wow. I really do. I mean, the last one was. It's, it's <laughs> a, and it's a fair expectation. It's a fair expectation. I hope I'm wrong. Let's put it that way. I, I can see this game coming down to the Steelers having the ball with like four minutes left and a chance to maybe, kind of like a Minnesota situation, you got to get six and then get two to tie it. Mm-hmm. And then they fall short because Ben's magic just runs out. Okay. That's kind of how I feel about it. All right. Finally, Cardinals at the Rams. Rams minus four. L.A. We talked about a depleted Cardinals roster. Rams have a better roster. They are healthier. They are they have everything they need at the time to need it. Odell Beckham Jr. has gotten right ever since the first game when they added him, and he's become a weapon that they were hoping that he would become. I love Cooper Cup. Oh, God, I love Cooper Cup. I'm, take, I'm taking the Rams. 
and you and I both know that Aaron Donald is dominance incarnate. The Rams better win this game. They have no excuse not to. You better win it. They were my NFC champion prediction. It was Rams versus Bucks with the Bucks winning, thinking that the Packers will find a way to blow it, but I think Green Bay is a lot better now than I thought they would be. The defense is good. They're good. And, and the playoffs are going through Lambeau, so there's that too. There's that too. You're absolutely right. So it's probably going to be Allen versus Mahomes and Brady versus Rodgers again, right? Kind of what I'm banking on. We don't. We both don't think Tennessee is the right one seed. Um, they're going to get Derrick Henry back with that week bye. Yeah. They might. But you no, think? no, I, I can't see them getting past that. No, it's it's Allen versus Mahomes. That's it should what, be. That's what I mean. It should. Be. Now, apparently, if – I believe it's if Vegas beats Cincy or if it's straight chalk. I think if it's straight chalk, the Bengals would go to Tennessee and it would be Buffalo and Kansas City in the division. Oh, that would suck. I agree. So we need the Raiders to win. We need the Raiders <laughs> to win. But we both, picked, we both picked the Bengals to do it. So. Actually, no. That's wrong, too. The Bengals and the Raiders are both the bottom barrel, aren't they? Good question. If the Bills win, if the Chiefs win, that's the two and the three. Yes. The Titans are the one. Yes. The Bengals are the four. Yes. And the Raiders are like the sixth. The Raiders are the sixth. So the bottom seed is going to Tennessee no matter what. Yes. So the Steelers would have to win. (laughs) Or no. You you would not get Chiefs-Bills unless... I don't know. I don't think you can get it. I think it's the divisional. Wow. That, that stinks. Oh, that sucks. Oh, well. Which means Cincinnati could be going to the AFC Championship. I don't think Tennessee's all that good. I really don't. With Joe Burrow from injury to the AFC Championship. We might have to revisit this one. <laughs> the time will come. The time <laughs> may very well come. Speaking of time, we are out of it. So we have to dash, if you will. Episode number 35 of the Sunday Morning Grind podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me at Josh Taylor HD. Follow Greg at T H E G Finn. Follow the show at Sunday M O R N Grind. That is it for us. We will find out just how terrible we were and how good the playoffs are getting around this time next week. See you later. <laughs>